Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Home and home. It is that time. The time of day when we talk about the Ask Reddit question which we absolutely love here on Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. And I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but it looks like I am in slow motion. And now I am frozen. And now I'm speeding up. And now Jason looks normal. Am I normal now, Jason? You didn't look abnormal to me. That's... uh... That's your Harrisburg connection, man. Yeah, get it tightened Got up it. out there. All right. Well, <laughs> there, there's definitely a, there's definitely a little bit of a delay, so I'm going to dive right into the Reddit question of the day, and you can start with your answer. It is home and home, a Radio.com Sports original, and the question is, men of Reddit, what's the hardest thing? To explain to women. Mm, I have two really good ones. And I think you'll agree on both of them, Ross. The first one is what it's like to be hit or kicked in the balls. Yeah, I mean, that's obvious. Yeah, because they don't have balls. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Any of these, like literally the responses to all of this should be related to the penis. Like, right, you know what I mean? Because those are always going to be the hardest things to explain, I feel like, to a woman. Well, there, there's another one that I thought of, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but the other one that I thought of is you try and explain to, like, your wife or your girlfriend of a long time, like, like I don't need you to put on, you know, six pounds of war paint. Like, I don't need you to wear a ton of makeup. Like, explaining to a woman that they're like, well, I don't want to, I'm not ready. I can't go out looking like this. Like, you're fine. I don't need you to be all done up like uh, Donna Karen. You know what I mean? Like, you look fine without makeup. And to try and explain that to a woman, like, they always think they need to be all done up prim and proper. And it's hard to explain to a woman that I don't give a shit whether she has all that makeup on or not. And sometimes I think some women look better without makeup than look better with it. Do you agree with that? Uh, there are some women. I, I don't think there's that many. I think there's some women, and it's primarily women that 
go overboard or crazy on the makeup. Well, some women, they, they take off their makeup and you're like, who is that? It looks like a totally different person, right? Yes. Uh, but there's some women you look at and you go, well, she's just naturally pretty anyway. So she doesn't need all that war paint on. So, um, all right, there's some great responses. You saying getting kicked in the balls is a great one. Hitting the balls, you, it's just hard to explain. That yeah. feeling. That, that they'll never know how it is to explain that feeling. Um, and why why you I've feel had, like you have to take a shit when you get hit into the balls? <laughs> That's the first feeling you get. You're like, I think I have to shit. No, I just. <laughs> so, so um, a couple I thought of are number one. Like, I've had people, women, say this to me. My wife, how do you walk around with a penis? Like, isn't it weird or awkward to have that thing sticking out? And it's like, I don't know any different. It's always been there. And I walk how I walk. It doesn't affect how I walk. It doesn't affect anything. It's there, but it's it's not an issue. But they don't understand that sometimes. And then the other thing is, you know, really at any point in my life, I don't think it's hard to explain to women in general. Now, different women are different, but in general, it's hard to explain to them how important sex is. Like, it's hard to explain to them that it's like, because not all women are really like that. Some are more than others, but... It's like, just like when, you know, when you get really hungry and you need to eat or you get really tired, you need to sleep. Well, sometimes for a man, I don't think very many women feel this, but for a man, you get really something and you really need to something. And it's like hard to explain that. You need to get satiated? Yes. <laughs> you need, you need, you need a release. You need something. Um, uh, but they don't really understand that one. Some of them at least. So no, that's maybe just I just married women. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. So here are some of the top answers. Real quick? Let me give yeah. you one more. Women don't understand that your junk is a source of heat and you can't explain it to them. Like when it's cold out, where do your hands go? They go right down your drawers. Yeah. It's like, it's a fireplace. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, well, that's a hand warmer. Like, I don't buy those hand warmers. I just stick my hand down my pants. Um, so Jordan Cohn, one of our millennial producers, has the top answers to this Reddit question. These are good. These are really good. One is why I don't know what the heck my best friend is up to in life, even after I was hanging out with him all day. That is true. That yeah. is true. What'd you although, talk about? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> although I do ask my friends. I'm, I'm more the girl in that way, I guess. Um, we can hang out with guys all day and not talk about anything personal or of substance. That's true. But even me, I'm more, like I said, I'm more the girl. Like I ask guys about personal and things of substance. Um, the fact that we can this? ride like in the how, car. How your emotions are? What's that? Are you feeling emotional today? 
You you probe no, with like No, but those I would say like I I say to my friends like how's the job? Is it getting better, worse or staying the same? You know, like how's your wife? How's your kids? How are they like I ask that stuff. Um Well, women don't understand why we call each other names either. Like a sign of affection is like if you like I said, "Hey Ross, yo fuckface" or something like like that's a sign of affection for us. You know what I mean? Like we have weird ways right. of showing that like, you know, we're cool. And it's usually by ridicule. Which is great. You know what? It's so funny that you say that. Because I thought of this one time, right? The most important people in my life are the people that really didn't give a shit when I was in the NFL. And even what doing TV or radio or whatever, they still make fun of me. No matter what, you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a large group of people that treated me different in life when I was in the NFL versus before that, or treated me different, you know, doing TV stuff versus otherwise. But the people that really matter, they just make fun of me no matter what I'm doing. They just make fun of me regardless. They don't care. My, my sister, my mom, you know, my, uh, my buddies, like I could be starting in the NFL. Everything's going great. And they're bringing up that time in seventh grade where I tried to wave to the girl and I hit my handlebars and I fell over my bike. Like it, they don't care. Like they don't never once did the people that really matter, your family and your close friends treat you any different because you're in the NFL or you're on TV, you're just Ross to them or whoever, right? Whereas it's everybody else that doesn't really matter that treats you differently based on what you're doing in life. Yeah, because of your status or what you do for a living. You know, it, it's the people that say, hey, I heard you on the radio. Well, no kidding. That's what I do for a living. You know, it's not some great revelation that I was on the radio today because I was on every day, you know, but like, it, it is, you're right, the people that are like, they don't give a shit what you do. They're just like, dude, you're still the, the guy I grew up with and you're still a dweeb or whatever, you know? And those are the people that you want to hang out with because they don't give a crap. They don't care about what your status is in your industry and that you might be a public figure. No, they really don't at, at all, um, which is the beauty of it. That's, what's, that's, mm-hmm. what, that's, why, that's why those are the people you want to be around. Yeah, that's why I t- said the other day, like I get freaked. I used to get freaked out when people would call the radio show that I did and they would use my nickname. And I knew that they were friends of mine on a personal level and the guys that don't give a crap about any of that. And it would like freak me out because I'm like, you know, on the radio, it's like, well, I'm, you guys aren't supposed to. I'm not supposed to cross the streams like Ghostbusters, you know? It's right. weird. So, uh, we, I want to get into the discussion right now. We're going to do it with Jimmy Traina, who does an unbelievable job for Sports Illustrated covering a bunch of different things, but including sports media. And, Jimmy, it's Ross Tucker, Jason Martinez today, filling in for Dave Briggs. Really appreciate the time, as always. We're talking about the sports, Jimmy, that – are best comparatively on TV compared to in person and worst on TV comparatively to in person. What 
jumps out to you there? We'll start with the best. A football by far. Um, on television is, is football. I, you know, that is a sport where you need replay. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, going to a football game, I think you just miss so much stuff. I don't think there's any issue uh, that football is the best sport for television. In terms of in person, I'm not a huge hockey guy, but everyone says hockey in person can't beat it. I am a big baseball guy. I love baseball uh, in person. I think baseball's fine on TV or in person, but you know, it's something about summer sitting in the baseball stands. Um, you know, it used to be a little better when the cost of everything wasn't through the roof, and there was, you know, you didn't have to mortgage your house to get a bottle of water at a baseball game, but. Um, I think baseball and hockey for in person, and then on television, it's it's football. You know, it's interesting, Jimmy, because I, I wrote this down, right? So mm -hmm. for TV, I wrote one football, two baseball, three basketball, four hockey. But I got to tell you, it might be baseball for me as number one on TV. Now, I'm, I am separating the summer, sitting there, having a dog, you know, having a beer, I'm separating that and just watching the sport itself. Mm. Like baseball on TV, you you see from the pitcher throwing the pitch, the batter, even if you have good seats, I feel like, for baseball at the game, like I can barely even see the ball when they throw it. And then they hit it and you're like, and it seems like I'm usually talking. And then they, you're like, oh, okay. Then he, oh, first base, great, you got a single. I, I feel like baseball on TV is a lot better than baseball in person, just like the sport itself, if that makes sense. Just just viewing mm -hmm. what's going on out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with you that if, if you're someone who wants to see the pitches and, and where exactly they are, location, TV is a better experience, obviously. But I think everything else, um, when you watch a baseball game in person and you see – uh, a shortstop make a play in the hole. You see an outfielder. You see how far they have to run to make a catch. Um, home runs, everything. Uh, um, you know, doubles and triples with players flying around the bases. Uh, I think baseball in person still has a lot to offer. I agree, though. If you're a big pitching person, then yes, the TV experience is better there. Yeah. See, my problem with baseball is is that it's every the the ball is actually only in play now, an average of every four and a half minutes of real time. So a lot of times, I feel like when you go to a game, it's like watching grass grow because that's what you're doing most of the time. But I digress. Um, Jimmy, when you look at the you know the presentation of the sports and you know and you talk about that that chasm between the difference in live and at home, and you mentioned the NFL and it is perfect the rhythm of it. But are there things that the NFL can still do better to make it even more enjoyable? The, the downtime in the NFL, like I can just complain about the fact that the ball's in play every four and a half minutes in baseball. The actual amount of action in football isn't a tremendous amount of real time because it's short spurts of plays. But what can football do on television to make it an even more appealing television sport, if that's even possible? I don't know there's really much they can do. I, You know, one of the big... Uh complaints a lot of people have is you know the commercials and especially after a touchdown you, you know they go touchdown uh commercial kickoff commercial then back to play that's a little much um i think the individual networks cbs abc fox 
they do it pretty much as a good a job as you can do covering the game. I think ESPN is a mess on Monday night, not because of the announcers. I think it's the overall broadcast. They, they just want to show you everything but the game. I think if you just show the game and, and keep it simple, there's not much you can do to improve football on uh, television, uh, you know, maybe more. You know, every, every game should have pylon cams in the end zone, something like that. Uh, maybe, you know, extra loud mics on the goalposts for when field goals and extra points at the goalposts. But there's not really much the NFL can do to enhance the TV product, I think. The one thing that Amazon did, though, it was more of a with Andrea Kramer and Hannah Storm. It was more of a commentary broadcast than calling the game. How right. did that go over? Um, I'm not sure many people watch the Amazon. I mean, I'm sure they have numbers, but I don't know anyone who watched the game on Amazon. I didn't. Um, I don't know why you would choose Amazon over Fox. So I can't really answer that question, to be honest with you. In terms of, you know, that's not an NFL thing. That's a network thing or, or a broadcast decision to go commentary over play-by-play. I'll be honest with you. I don't think that's a change NFL fans want. I think NFL fans want the very traditional play-by-play person analyst, and that's it. I don't, I don't think commentary works on an NFL game at all. I agree. So, Jimmy, I want to ask you about the XFL. And before mm-hmm. I have a specific question, just broad thoughts. How much have you watched? Have you enjoyed it? What do you think? I haven't watched, so can't comment. Um, I love football to death, the NFL and college. Love it every Saturday, every Sunday. I am locked in my house for way too many hours watching. Having said that, I love when the season's over and I get my weekends back. And the last thing I'm going to do on a Saturday or Sunday in you know February is is watch another football league. So I haven't watched. Um, you know, I, I think they've done a good job from everything I've seen. You know. The the three letters XFL sort of had a stigma attached to it before the league started because of the first incarnation with Vince McMahon. Obviously, this is not that. This is a legitimate football league. Um, so that's a, I think that's been a huge plus for them. Um, but I I haven't checked it out. Uh, the NFL and college are plenty for me. I don't need more football leagues in my life. Do you need NFL combine coverage in prime time, Jimmy? So I guess the question there is yeah, it's the listen. first year the NFL went prime time. So I guess the question is, did you did you ever watch it before? And now that it's prime time, are you watching that or are you watching NBA or college hoops? No, I mean, listen, I think what's good for the combine is you can check out specific players if you want. Listen, I can't sit there for multiple hours watching the combine. Um, I, I, but listen, the NFL network, ESPN, whoever it is, they're going to air the combine no matter what, because if you air anything related to the NFL, you're going to get viewers. So if you're going to air it, you might as well air it in prime time. It makes no sense not to. That's where more people watch bigger numbers. So if you're going to air the combine, it makes full sense to do it in prime time. So, I think that's a smart play by the networks there. Yeah, Jimmy, I mean, people go bananas over watching the NFL draft, but let me ask you about... People, people uh, watch the NFL schedule release, so of course they're going to watch the yeah. combine. Yeah, and Selection <laughs> Sunday. I mean, 
if if it's if they're compelled by the sport, they're going to watch it, which is probably why the XFL exactly is losing viewers because they're not compelled by the actual product. But anyway, um, the XFL. I, I, ask, I, one, I just want one quick thing about the XFL too. They're going to have big problems in a couple of weeks because that's when March Madness ramps up, and um, exactly. it's I think it's going to be a big problem for them. Um, Jimmy, the one thing I want to ask you about is the Tiger effect in golf because. Boy, it is insane. And last year, Tiger won the Masters. He won. He won a major again. And they're coming up to this Masters. And we were talking. We got to talk about his menu still, Ross. But anyway, uh, the effect on a single player in a sport, especially in sports leagues like the NBA, where you have the LeBron effect, or you have stars that are be enormous superstars. But in golf, in particular, the Tiger effect. Will that ever be matched in television sports on television to that level of disparity of when he's in contention to when he's not in contention? I would say probably not. I mean, anything's possible, but um, you know, he's a guy who, you know, he's in that age range and his career has been long enough where he's appealing to all ages. So, you know, you were with, you know, if you're, if you're, let's say uh, in your late mid thirties, early forties, you were with him for the prime. You're older than that. You were with him for the prime. Um, and for, you know, maybe people mid twenties, you know, of the legend of Tiger Woods. So the cross appeal is enormous. Like you said, you mentioned, you know, LeBron, Tom Brady, Tiger Woods. These are people that the fringe fan brings in you know this was an issue with the super bowl you know we didn't have the patriots in the super bowl for the first time in god knows how long this year and say what you want about the patriots there are people who don't watch one second of the nfl all season long they'll tune into the super bowl if tom brady is playing in it lebron same thing and tiger obviously is on another level from that so it's hard for me to ever see this happening again we're talking with Jimmy Traina, does an awesome job covering sports media, among other things, for Sports Illustrated. Check him out on Twitter, at Jimmy Traina, host of the SI Media Podcast as well. Uh, Jimmy, I know you wrote about the FCC complaints for the Super Bowl halftime show while we're yeah. talking Super Bowl. Uh, can you explain how many that came in and how big of a deal that is, if any? Well, it's not a big deal at all. It was, it was 1,300 complaints that came in. And um, I sort of I, – I, I didn't do a great job with that column because I after the fact, I went to look to see how many complaints the Janet Jackson, uh, Justin Timberlake boob incident got. And that was like – 500,000 complaints or something like that. So 1,300 is nothing in the grand scheme of things. I, what I got a kick out of was the actual complaints. People seem to be really just, their world was rocked that J-Lo had a stripper pole on stage. They just couldn't handle it. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, you know, 100 million people watch the Super Bowl, 1,300 complaints, not a lot by any stretch of the imagination. But the fact that someone would take the time to send a complaint to the FCC because J-Lo and Shakira were gyrating while half naked is amusing to me, at least. Maybe it, no one else. Jimmy, the funny, the funny thing, too, is 
after the nip slip with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, there was a huge crackdown by the FCC. And right. I, doing live radio, I remember it, and, and it mm-hmm. changed a lot of things. It changed yep. when I was doing rock radio, the songs that we played because of the lyrics that were in songs. It changed a ton. The FCC overreacted. Is there going to be any reaction? And so next year at the Super Bowl, are we expecting to see, like, the Brady Bunch reunion or the Partridge family as a, a good old wholesome family entertainment? Because, because God forbid, there was a stripper pole on the stage that served a great purpose, in my estimation. I mean, listen, I'm totally down for a Brady Bunch reunion at halftime of the Super Bowl, so sign <laughs> me up for that. But I, I do not think you'll uh, – I don't think you'll see any uh, reaction here from the NFL. Again, 1,300 complaints, not a big number. Um, and really, when you get down to it, I, I think America survived J-Lo and Shakira um, dancing suggestively. We've moved on, and I don't think there'll be any repercussions. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, Jimmy, um, so I have two daughters that for the Super Bowl, they were six and seven, and I am not a prude at all. I thought it was a little bit much. Now, I absolutely wouldn't take the time to go ahead and and file a complaint. I don't have that kind of time in my life or care. I thought that there were a few, and I actually thought it was more the camera work than Shakira or J-Lo, like, just, I didn't need that many crotch shots. You know what I mean? Right, and right, right. I was watching it at home. My wife went to a family party with my daughters and she just watched them watching it and was thinking, what are they thinking right now? And maybe it's our fault. Maybe you shouldn't let a six and a seven year old watch the Super Bowl halftime show. Well, maybe that's the I, argument. I don't know. Um, listen, but I, I thought it was a, interesting. Think- like, go ahead. No, no, I mean, listen, I think that's a sad commentary there. I mean, I think six- and seven-year-olds should be able to watch the Super Bowl. Um, six and seven, I mean, I, your daughter's there a little. I have nieces who are 10 and, and 14, and um, I can tell you from what I see them watch on YouTube and Netflix that the Super Bowl is basically nothing compared to that. Um, I'm not saying that makes it right. I'm not saying, you're, I'm not saying uh, it shouldn't have been maybe toned down a little bit. Um, but listen, if they don't see it at the halftime of the Super Bowl, they're going to see it sometime soon somewhere else. It, it, you know, it, 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 at the end of the day, it's a, it's a music performance and that's what music performances seem to be these days. My son enjoyed it. (laughs) He's 13. How old? Yeah. (laughs) About right. About right. Like Pete Jensen's kid, he didn't hump a, hump a hole in my sectional. When he sent out that tweet, Peter, yeah, which Peter was maybe Rosenberg, the best I saw that. I saw yeah. that. It's the greatest tweet ever. Yeah. Thanking the NFL um, for that, but. All right, so Jimmy, I, I also know you wrote recently about High Noon getting canceled, and I, I wanted mm-hmm. to get your you to explain that a little bit for people that don't know. It's a it's a television show or was on ESPN with Pablo Torre and Bamani Jones on ESPN that came out this week. It got canceled, and you wrote about it. What were your thoughts, Jimmy, for people who didn't have a chance to check out your column yet? Yeah, it's it, they're they're going through March. Um, basically, High Noon with, with Bomani and Pablo is a very different sports talk show than the rest of the ESPN lineup and the other stuff you see on, on FS1 that nobody watches. Um, 
they're they're not out there doing the nuts and bolts, bread and butter, hot takes that we all do to sort of get through the day and generate the clicks and get the content. Uh, they they they're very 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 intelligent individuals. Pablo uh, worked at SI. I worked with him. Uh, they're both brilliant, and you know, uh, sports fans want. It's basically like going to a concert. When you go to a concert and you want to, and you see an established artist, you want them to play the hits. Sports fans want their hot take shows to play the hits. Who's better, LeBron or Jordan? Where's Tom Brady going to end up? And they didn't do that. And I think that's what ended up basically. Now, listen, their numbers in terms of ratings were low compared to the other ESPN shows, but they were not low to the point where ESPN had to cancel them. I mean, their show got, their ratings for that show were probably double or triple whatever the highest rated show is on FS1. Um, as I, I, I don't know if I wrote this because I probably wouldn't have written this on SI.com, but I think I said on Twitter that anyone associated with any FS1 daytime sports talk show would basically murder a family member to get the ratings that High Noon had. So in the context of the daytime sports cable hot take shows, their ratings were not terrible, but it just, it was a bad fit with everything else that ESPN does. So Jimmy, let's say you were my agent. Okay. Mm -hmm. Would you tell me, and I'm by the way, very happy with my career. Like I love it. But if I really wanted to get to the point where I'm getting paid millions of dollars per year, would you recommend I just totally lie and say shit I don't really believe just so I know yes. it aggravates people and it gets people's attention and just make up shit and say shit that's totally nonsensical and illogical that I don't believe and have to look at my daughters and say, no, I don't believe that, but that's how you get ratings these days and that's how you make a lot of money in the industry. Would you suggest that I was completely inauthentic and fake? Well, yeah, I mean, listen, the answer to that question is if you can stomach it and live with yourself and not have any issues and be all about the paycheck, then, yeah, go for it and do that. And um, that's how you'll make your living. If, you know, you're someone that can't do that, then you should not do that because it's you're not going to be able to last doing that. You're it's just a, it's unbelievably sad, though, isn't it? Like, isn't it like very? But that, yes. Very sad. How many guys? Well, I'll let you go, Jimmy. But how many guys on TV yeah. would you say literally say things that they don't believe? They're just saying it because they know it'll get a rise out of the audience. I would say everybody on FS1 and half the people on ESPN. <laughs> and yet, FS1 has no ratings at all. The Teletubbies get better ratings than that that idiot Skip Bayless gets. It, I like mean, the there is some right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's their number one rated show. Um, you know, listen, I think what a lot of sports fans don't understand with a lot of these shows is there's, you know, production meetings before the before the show begins and the producers say, okay, here's a topic. You can you take this side, you take this side. Like you said, whether you believe it or not, and then you're just arguing a side to argue a side. And, you know, the home viewer sees two people fighting on TV and they find it entertaining. And Sadly, there are a lot of people who do find that entertaining. Um, I don't know. I don't get it myself at all. So, and I, it's it so easy the, to spot. It's so easy. You know, there's there, the one thing with Twitter funny. is there are 
there are some good accounts out there now that sort of like in New York here with Mike Francesa, it was famously done where um, his sort of um, mistruths, let's say, were chronicled where, you know, one day he would say this guy isn't will never be a top 10 pick. And then a week later, he's saying, I told you this guy would be a top three pick. So uh, it's good that yeah, Twitter's around. To sort of, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's good that Twitter's around to sort of point out the bullshit. We could actually use way more of it. There should be someone doing that for every show on television. Fact checking. It's social fact it checking. Is the, it, it, it is the dumbing down of America. It's truly sad, but mm-hmm. it's where we are, unfortunately, which is why... The shows that are entertaining that aren't like that, and I know you and I, Jimmy, both appreciate Good Morning Football. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Kyle Brandt was my college roommate. I don't know if you know that, Jimmy, but he was my college roommate yep. and teammate. Yep. Um, so, and I know you like that show. It's kind of nice to see shows where you can just come up with different content and be entertaining, and you don't have to be fake or inauthentic. Right. And it's weird because... Everybody says what they want is authenticity, but that's not reflected in what they watch or listen to. Right. I listen. I think the word you say it's a very, it's very the whole this whole conversation comes down to one very simple word, which you said, authenticity. That's what it's all about. Um, but yes, uh, listen. Just look at the country we're in right now. Look what's going on. It would be nice if everyone wanted authenticity, but sadly, that's just not the case. On, country's in great. every aspect. <laughs> Jimmy, you're the country's man. Great. Sorry I took you a little sorry I took you a little <laughs> over, but it just got in my head. No, 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 I had to... no, no, no. I enjoy the conversation. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And um, you know, I like getting the uh good morning football plug there and remembering that you and Kyle are teammates because that guy's sure that's a very out. authentic guy right now in sports media. Yeah. Well make sure you check him out on Twitter at Jimmy Trainer. And check out his column over at Sports Illustrated. He is excellent. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. There he is, Jimmy Trainer. So we still haven't, by the way, Jason, gotten into your rankings of the sports on TV versus in person. And let's go into the lab. Let's figure out what we could do for all of these sports to make them better on television when we return here. It's Home and Home, a Radio.com sports original. All right, we got about 18 minutes to go here on a Friday edition of Home and Home, the Radio.com sports original. Ross Tucker, Jason Mertides with you. Make sure you're checking us out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. He's at Jason Mert. The show at RDC, Home and Home is the Twitter handle. Right now, by the way, over 2,100 votes. 60% say no, the broadcasters don't make a difference. 40% say yes, the broadcasters do. And I would submit to you, if 40% say they do, then they do. Then that affects it. Like, even if 10% said they do, then that has an impact. Oh, yeah, especially when you consider the mass numbers that would or will watch football. Look, a lot of those people, Ross, might be people that aren't diehard NFL guys that look, there's some people like me, probably like you and like a lot of people that if there's a football with an NFL shield on it on the field, they're going to watch. Right. Because it's it's the NFL. So you're going to watch it. 
So, I mean, that's the way I am. And I don't turn it off because of the announcers, but I definitely, it definitely affects my enjoyment level of the viewing experience. All right. Speaking of that, did you watch any of the combine last night? I did. I dorked out on it. <laughs> did you watch it was a fun lot of it? Uh, a decent amount. Yeah, uh, probably about 90 minutes total. I had to run and take care of a couple of things and, and, and jump away from it a little bit. But I liked it. Again, like the NFL knows how to present its product in, in every form of what it does. You know, we t- you know, Jimmy talked about the schedule release. I love schedule release day. It's like the blueprint of your fall. You go, okay, here's when I'm available and here's when I'm not available. All day Saturday, I'm not available, and all day Sunday, I'm not available. But you want to know when the games are, and you know you want to know when your team is playing its biggest rival. I love primetime games. I love the night games because I get the kids to bed, and I can just chill and watch it by myself. And I don't, I have no guilt watching at night because you punch the clock during the day or something like that to take care of stuff with the family in the fall. But I love schedule release day. I love the draft on television. I love the combine. I love it all when it comes to the NFL. They present everything incredibly well. Like you mentioned Good Morning Football. and Kyle, I didn't know Kyle was your roommate in college, by the way. And Kyle is great because he's cerebral and genuine. So the way they present the game to me, if I go to the right places, is perfect. And I can't get enough of it. Yeah, so Kyle's – so what, what I think is interesting about Kyle is – and this is a t- subject for another day, but he he – was an actor like he was an actor in college in plays and then he was on the real world then he was he was on days of our lives for three years so what i think is most entertaining about him is he does like basically skits you know what i mean like he does like skits on tv that you just don't see other people doing um i did not watch much of the combine i did watch the wide receivers run the 40 because I wanted to see if Henry Ruggs could break John Ross's record. It, you know, there's still just something there about seeing a super duper fast guy. There just is something like you want to see it. You want like, is he that fast? Is he going to break it? I do think it's funny, though, and I pointed this out on Twitter today. All week, all the draft analysts said it's all about the medical, all about the interviews, the on-field stuff doesn't really matter. And then... Last night and this morning, this guy blew up the combine. This guy's going to be a star. This guy's rising up the charts. This guy had, like, you just told us all week it didn't really matter that much, and now it's like a huge deal. Yeah. Well, it, it's always a huge deal. And why do you love what, like, I'm not a track and field fan, but if Usain Bolt's going to run, I'm in. You know, because they do something that you can't imagine a human being being able to run that fast and it's it's all we love freak shows and like these guys are freaks like anybody that even gets invited to the combine is an is a freak of nature in their athletic ability and to play pro sports at that level like the one percent of one tenth of a percent is what makes it and those guys they're not normal there's professional sorry ross you're abnormal you played in the nfl you know that's that's not normal for people to be gifted athletically like that and real and be able to, you know, kind of nurture the gift that they have and be able to play at that level. Cause you have to have the gift. You have to know how to develop the gift even further. And you have to have the mental capacity to be able to do it the right way. 
So you're not normal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just looking at those dudes last night, they're all just so shredded, and to run that fast at their size, it's just, it's awfully, awfully impressive. So uh, I want to dive into this now. In your mind, let's start with, and again, we are comparing it to the live experience versus television. What are your rankings for the four major sports? For live or for television? For TV. For TV, football's number one. Cause I, and like Jimmy said and, and Mike McCarthy said earlier, it's perfect because the rhythm of the game. You know, if you got to go to the bathroom, you got 90 seconds after a touchdown to go run and go to the bathroom or get up and grab another plate of nachos or whatever. So the rhythm of it's perfect. It's also perfect because if you're watching with someone, a play happens, you can discuss it before the next play starts. Could you believe that they they ran the ball on that player? Why why didn't they throw the ball? What are they doing? Why aren't they blitzing? They're getting no pressure on the court. You can have these conversations as a game. So no, football's number one, without a doubt. Number two, uh, for me, is probably the NBA. Although the NBA does lack a little bit of, you know, letting me see the size differential of guys and the first step, which when you see in person, when you saw a guard like Allen Iverson or Russell Westbrook now. And that first step that they make it in person, it is unbelievable, the explosiveness. So the NBA is probably – I have hockey up there. A lot of people have a hard time watching hockey. Um, but to, I, I love hockey on television. I think it's done really well on television. I know it's hard for a lot of people to follow the puck, but I think if you know where the puck's going and you know what to look for, then, then that, that becomes less of an issue. So for me, that's not an issue. Um, I love golf on television, but, but the NFL, number one, NBA, number two, NHL baseball on television to me is background noise. You just put it on and you don't really watch it. It's like when you're at a game, when you hear the, when you, when you're at a game, you hear, then, you know, to look, cause they actually hit the ball. Right. Otherwise it's like, you're just kind of meandering around smelling peanuts, eating hot dogs and chilling out, drinking beer. So it's funny that you mentioned golf. Cause I didn't even think about golf. Golf is much better on TV. Golf is number one on this list because if you've ever actually gone to a golf event, you don't even see that many, you don't even see that many shots. Like you can sit at one place and watch every guy tee off 17, or you can try to follow one guy for the whole round, or maybe you move around. I went to the masters one time with my dad when I was like in eighth grade I think my dad was trying to get me, you know, to like golf more. And I was like, this sucks. First of all, I'm bigger than some of these dudes. I'm not impressed. You know, like I was watching. Secondly, like we're walking all over the place to maybe see this guy's second shot. The coolest part about it was actually really early in the morning, like walking the course and like going up 18 and like, Seeing the course, um, the hills. although that's the negative of golf, right? Is that you can't tell, especially like on the green, you can't really see how much of a, of a bend there is or how, why he has to hit it. Undulation. After the cup, you can't, yeah, you can't see that difference. Yeah. So, but it's still way better on TV than it is in person because you see so many more shots and the more important shots. I said earlier with Jimmy about baseball. Baseball, like, I like the camera angle 
with the pat pitcher and the batter. And I like being able to see the pitch from behind, come in, location, the batter. Even if you're like behind the third baseline, you can barely even see the pitch. And then you the guy the hits movement. it, and you got to like try to figure out where the ball's going. Whereas on TV, you see the pitch, you see the guy hit it, they immediately go right to where the ball's going to go. You see the left fielder or the second baseman. I, I don't know. I, I think football's pretty good in person. I think football is amazing on TV, but I think it's also pretty darn good in person. So I would say like golf one, baseball two, football three, and then basketball, and then hockey. Hockey television just does not do the speed justice at all. It does not yeah. do the the. And I, you know what else is terrible on TV? Um, NASCAR. Compared yeah, I was just gonna to, go there. When you're actually there, like, and you see how fast they're going and how close to each other they are, much better in person than on TV. Yeah, like, when you go to Pocono Raceway for the first time, and just the smells of it, too, like, you can smell the gas and and the the rubber and everything, and then you see 43 cars come by you at 200 miles an hour, nose to tail, an inch from each other, and they come roaring by, like, you're like, whoa. It, like, shakes shakes the grandstand. And you're like, how is this? I don't get that on TV at all. You know, just watching cars turn left. But when you go to a race, and I've been to Talladega, Alabama. I've been to Daytona. I've been to uh, Richmond. I've been to all, a bunch of these races, Dover and Pocono Raceway. And when you go to those races in person, it is insane. Because you see, it, they go by, and it's a blur. The car's a blur. They're going 200 miles an hour, and there's 43 of them nose to tail. You're going, you, you get wigged out when you drive it on, like, 95, and you got to pass, you're in three lanes, and you got to go in the middle of two cars. These guys are doing that at 200 miles an hour, like, four wide. It's nuts. But golf, Wait a minute. your point about golf, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, on the NASCAR thing, quick, I didn't know you were such a NASCAR dude. I'm not. I went for the party. We would t- When I lived in State College, when I was at, done school at Penn State, and we would take an RV down to Talladega. The last time I went, though, we, we drove like 21 hours in this RV, and it rained the whole time we were down there, and they didn't even have the race, and we drove back. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> so we drove oh back. Oh, my gosh. So you went yeah. just for the party. It's like uh, the first time I ever went to the Preakness. I went to the Preakness a couple times in Baltimore. And yeah. the first time I went to the Preakness, someone said to me, you know, what'd you think of the race? I'm like, I didn't see a horse the whole day. She <laughs> drank the I whole time. The infield. I was in the infield just having a good old time. Yep. I, I said, I don't remember seeing a, one horse the whole game. I didn't bet. I didn't see a horse, but I had a hell of a time. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Well, to your point about golf, though, like that's going to 18 different stadiums in one. You know, because each holds its own entity. So watching it on TV, like they've done a really good job with golf on TV because you can watch the top groups on a Sunday all coming in at the same time and they're alternating shots and slight tape delay on a few if they're happening at the same time. And they've done such a good job of like a guy like Jim Nance up in the tower handing it off to the guys at different holes. You know, let's go to Gary McCord now on uh, the seventh hole or let's go to David Faraday at 17. David? And he's like, but useful shot here. You know, the whole thing. It's awesome the way they present it. So let's talk about how we can make any of these sports better. Like, what could we do? Is there anything we can come up with 
that would make any of these sports better on television. You love hockey. Is there anything they can do to make hockey better on TV? Yeah, like use the GoPro technology more. You know what I mean? Like we talked about Romo putting people inside the quarterback's helmet. Stick a GoPro on a goalie's mask. Let let the, let people sitting at home see what that looks like with a 100-mile-an-hour puck coming at your, your head and you have to come across your face with your glove to get it. Let people see what it's like in, in NASCAR inside the car as you're entering turn three at Daytona on a on a bank that's 33 degrees in banking. You know, I want to I want to get that player's perspective more. And because to me, with the GoPro technology, that would be the ultimate thing. Like in hockey, I want to see that. I want to see in all of these sports. Put me in the field of play, not the whole game just for portions of it, or at least in replay. Like, show me replays of how a goalie made some incredible save, and I think people are going to go, well, whoa, look at that. It's amazing. So, And everybody's a voyeur now. Go, Everybody uses GoPro for everything else. Why not do it for that? Can you imagine, by the way, if they had a quarterback a helmet and every quarterback a camera and every quarterback's helmet? That yeah. would be pretty awesome. To actually see... Where their eyes go, what they see, the chaos in front of them, that all the moving parts with the receivers and the DBs, and then trying to throw the ball. Because what people don't realize is like how early they throw the ball. Like, mm-hmm. like this guy's running, and he's about to make an in-cut, and there's a guy in front of him, a guy behind him, and before he even makes the in-cut, the quarterback throws it to two yards in on the in cut over one guy in front of another guy. And it's boom right there. I mean, to it a is spot, pretty, right? yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. What about, are you a guy like, do you like Bill Walton calling a basketball game? Do you like sort of the um, off the wall stuff? Cause people either love or hate Bill Walton's tangents, Bill Walton, they either think he's unbelievably hilarious, entertaining, and they love it, and they tune in for him. Or I know people that really love the sport that hate it, and they want somebody's going to call the game, and they, like, turn it off if he's on or yeah. mute it. it. That depends on who the guy is. Like, I'm not a big fan of Bill Walton. I don't hate Bill Walton, though, either. But, like, Dick Vitale, that annoyed me because he's not a, an analyst. He's a hype man. He's like Flavor Flav. You know what I mean? Like, oh, baby, you know, all that crap. That's too much for me. Like, I don't like Gus Johnson calling football on Fox because it got he got too insane. And, you know, the whole thing that, whoa, and going nuts about it. Like, I wanted more of a straight play-by-play guy. So it depends on the guy. There's some of them, the quirkier guys that I do like. But, like, but like Gus Johnson as a play-by-play guy was too over the top for me. It's why I don't like Doc Emmerich in hockey because – I think he makes a dump in sound like it's a game seven Stanley Cup winning goal. So I like to I like my announcers to be a little bit more understated in their presentation, especially on television, because I can see it. You can't fake me out when I can see it. You can fake it out when it's on radio. You know, you got to be so much more descriptive on radio when you're calling a game, Ross, that like it, it's a totally different, you know, like muscle group that you use to call radio as opposed to calling television. Because you have pictures and television. Yeah, I think our producer, Joey, made a really good point. He said, if it's my team, if it's my team, he hates it. 
if it's a random game, he loves it in terms of a guy like Bill Walton, right? Like if you don't care about the game, it's kind of funny to just hear him go on tangents and he's crazy and he did drugs and whatever. But if it's your team's game, it's almost like it's disrespectful to the game and to the players out there when you're talking about a Grateful Dead concert or whatever, as opposed to like what they're doing on the court right now. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, like I can, my game is serious business. Like don't mess with it. Don't sit there and tell me about uh, in Palo Alto. I saw the dead playing fire on the mountain. Like I don't give a shit, but when it's my game, just give me the X's and O's. I don't have time for your, your BS. I want, the details of the game. I want the situation. I want what needs to be done. I want A-level analyst work. And all that goofy bullshit can go by the wayside. So, Joey, that's actually, Joey, good job. It's a good point out of you. It's your first one, but it's a good one. It's one in a row, brother. It's a very, very good one. Outstanding job by Jordan, Joey, and Dylan, as always. You as well, Jason. Thanks so much to everybody for listening. Until next time, I'm Ross Tucker, home and home, radio.com sports original. Hi everyone, this is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the Radio.com app or at Radio.com slash home. Home and Home. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.